We're now on the video record at 10.01 a.m. The date is October 29, 2019. This is the start of video file number one. Would the court reporter please swear in the witness? Will you raise your right hand? You swear the testimony you're about to give to be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God. Yes, I do. State your name for the record, please. Lewis, L-E-W-I-S, Clemens, C-L-E-M-O-N-S. What is your address? 684 Courtenay Drive, Columbus, Georgia. And you have been a pastor, I think, Mr. Clemens, for over 20 years. Is yes, that right? that's correct. Some of your church names that I know of included Faith Unlimited Ministries. Is that yeah, right? That's correct. Faith Unlimited Church of God in Christ. Yes. Winton Road Church of God in Christ. Yes. Winton Road Kingdom Awareness. Yes. Kingdom Awareness Ministries International. Yes. Um, Greater Glory Tabernacle. I don't pastor that. My wife pastors that. Okay. Are you involved in that church? Yes, I'm, I'm a member. Um, and then have I missed any other of your churches over the years? Uh, I mean, uh, those are the only ones that I've passed in the last 20 years. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you now what I'll mark as Exhibit 1 to your deposition. And this is something that was given to me months ago uh, by your lawyers. Okay. Look at the top of it there. Now, give me a little time on this, uh, Mr. Butler, because uh, I've got advanced glaucoma, so I have to. All right, I'm only going to ask you about that bold print at the top of the page. Defendant has listed the names of all churches. Defendant served since 1990, 1999. Yes, that's correct about the churches. All right. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Now, you have served, I think, as a pastor um, to multiple women who have been victims of sexual assault or rape uh, by other men. Is that right? No. You have not served as a pastor to women who have been victims of sexual assault or rape? No. Okay. Um, you were a pastor to Laquita Jackson, weren't yes. you? Yes. And yes. you were a pastor to... Let's see, uh, Lakeisha Smith, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Were you aware that both of them had been victims of sexual assault or rape? I was aware that uh, I was accused. I'm not talking yet about acts, um, about your acts. Okay. I'm talking about when you first met those women, weren't you aware? Well, I shouldn't say when you first met them, but didn't you become aware um, through your interaction with them, through your church, that for instance, Laquita Jackson and Lakeisha mm -hmm. Smith mm -hmm. had been previous victims of sexual assault or rape. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And you, uh, my understanding is... Now, excuse me, sir. Not about Lakeisha, but I knew about Laquita. I didn't know about Lakeisha. Yeah, okay. Well, my understanding is that you had other members of your churches over the years who you knew to have been previous victims of sexual assault yes, or sir. rape. Yes, sir. Do you agree that the effects of sexual assault or rape on a victim can last a long, long time. Yes, sir. Do you agree that the effects of sexual assault or rape on a victim can include a loss of the feeling of safety? Yes, sir. Do you agree that the effects can include 
making it hard to have fulfilling, trusting relationships, particularly with members of the opposite sex. Yes, sir. Do you agree that the effects of sexual assault and rape can include a loss of confidence? Yes. Do you agree that the effects of sexual assault and rape may never go away? Yes, sir. Victims may have to deal with that for the rest of their lives. Isn't that correct? Yes, sir. Isn't it true that some women in your congregations have reached out to you for help regarding yes. the effects of sexual assault? Or yes. Rape? Now, I will ask you some very direct questions about okay. your own actions. Okay. As I'm sure you anticipated. Um, are you aware that multiple members of your congregation have said that you used your position as a pastor to pursue sexual relationships with members of your congregation? Only one I'm aware of is the one that alleged the complaint. So you're aware that Laquita Jackson said yes, that? Yes, right. And are you testifying you're not aware of any other woman in your congregation saying that about you? No, sir. I'm not aware of it. Are you aware that... Can I, excuse me a second. I rephrase that. I was told that uh, there was a meeting held at Laquita Jackson's home uh -huh. and some women came forward, but they never came to me. Do you know who they were? No. They just told me, you know, several other women. Did you ask who they were? No, I did not ask. Do you think that's important? Well, now that I look back over, yes. But at the time... Were you aware that multiple members of your congregation have said that you pursued sexual relationships with the very people who came to you for help about their experiences with rape and sexual assault? No. Are you aware that members of your congregation have said that you pursued sexual relationships with girls in your congregation who were under 16 years old? No, sir. Okay. Well... Uh, your wife was a member of your church when you were a pastor to Lakeisha Smith and Laquita Jackson, right? Right. Uh, she was worked for the church too, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. What was her? <clears throat> excuse me. What was her role? She was uh, her position. I don't know the professional word, but she made sure that the church bills were paid. She didn't handle any finances. She didn't sign any checks, but she would be the one that dispersed the money to pay bills. Did you ever have sexual relationships with members of your congregation other than your wife, Belinda Clemens? Only one time, and that was back in 1992. And uh, we were divorced as a result of that, and, um, and that's how it ended. That was the only person. Was back that uh, Michelle Parks? Yes. Mm -hmm. What was Michelle Parks' role at the church? She was the uh, she was the, she was the secretary, and I held a position in the state organization, and she was my assistant in the state organization of the of the uh, the church. I was the Church of God in Christ at that time. Was Michelle Parks your assistant when your sexual relationship with Michelle Parks began? Yes. Mm -hmm. Were you married at that time? Yes. Was Michelle Parks married at that time? No. Mm -mm. Michelle Parks was not married when your sexual relationship with her began? No, she was not.
We'll get back to some of the specific members of your congregation in a minute. Okay. But first, I want to ask you this. Isn't it true, Mr. Clemens, that you tried to avoid coming here today to answer these questions? Yes, and I have a reason why. The attorney that, they, uh, that the insurance company afforded me told me once the insurance company pulled him off the case, he mentioned me about the deposition, and he said to me verbatim, you don't have to go. He said probably what they would do is I have a deposition, you don't show up, then they will go to court and get a judgment against you. And that's why I did not come because I've been wanting to, you know, get this over with. But going on that information, and that's why I didn't come. Okay, when did, so when did uh, the lawyer tell you that? Uh, I can't remember the exact month when the, when the uh, uh, insurance company pulled him off the case, but it was around the, probably around May or June or something like that. Okay. Is it possible it was at the beginning of this year, before May or June? It's possible, yes. I'm not exactly sure on that, on the time. But. Well, I want to go over some correspondence that's not with your lawyer, but directly with you. Okay. And along those lines, I'm going to mark now uh, a letter as plaintiff's exhibit number two. Okay. Take it from me. Um, this letter says at the top, February 20th, 2019, right? Yes. And then at the top left, it says via first class mail and electronic mail, and then it has your name and your address in the top left, doesn't it? Right, yes. Okay. And then it says here, sort of toward the middle, the letter begins, Dear Mr. Clemens, right? Yes. Okay. We're not going to go through all this because there are several letters and I don't want to spend the time on it, but flip, if you will, to the second page. And you'll see some language highlighted at the top. Do you see where it says to schedule your deposition, please call this phone number? Right. Mm -hmm. You didn't call that phone number, did you? No. Uh -uh. Okay. Let's look next. What I'll mark as plaintiff's exhibit number... Three to your deposition. Mm -hmm. Now that's another letter, isn't it? Right. And that's another letter to you, right? Right. You see uh, highlighted there. Well, the first highlight at the beginning of the second paragraph says it sort of recites that you received a previous letter. You right. See where it mm -hmm. says that? Yes. Mm -hmm. And then it has the same that same language at the top of the third paragraph. To schedule your deposition, please call this number. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. You didn't call that number, did no. you? No. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to show you next what I'm going to mark as plaintiff's exhibit number four. Plaintiff's exhibit number four is another letter to you, right? Right. And this letter says at the beginning of the second paragraph, by April 4, 2019, please identify dates when you can be available for a deposition. Right. Are you aware that a deposition is what we're doing today? Yes, sir. Okay. You didn't ever identify dates when you were available, did you? No, sir. Okay. I will next show you. Well, do you recall that after getting no response to those letters, uh, my office set a date for your deposition, and we set it for May 20, 2019. Do you remember that? Yes, sir. I missed what you said. Yes, sir. Yes, okay. Sir. 
Well, do you remember getting a subpoena? Yes, uh, sir. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hand you now what's marked as Plans Exhibit 5. Okay. Plans Exhibit 5 says subpoena for video recorded deposition at the top, doesn't it? Yes, sir. And then the highlighted language there requires you to appear at the Hampton Inn in Columbus for that deposition, correct? Yes, yes sir. Now, you didn't appear no, for sir. your deposition on, on May 20, did you? No, sir. All right. Uh, I'm going to show you now what I'll mark as plaintiff's exhibit number six to your deposition. And I, you probably have never seen something like that before, or have you? No, I don't remember this. I don't think you, I know you haven't seen this document before. Mm -hmm. um, but I want to walk you through sort of basically what it is. Okay. Do you see um, on the first page of Plan Exhibit 6, in the bottom right, there's a box that says page 4. Do you see that? Um, yeah, no, no, no. I'm looking right I here. I see. It says page four in that box in the bottom right. Do yes, yes, I see that. Mm -hmm. All right. And then highlighted there, it says certificate of non-appearance for right. the scheduled deposition of Lewis Clemens, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. And let's see. There's a date on this document, too. If you look in the top right, the date is 5-20-2019, correct? Correct. And then if we look at the highlighted language in the bottom right, it basically just says that you didn't appear for your deposition. Is that correct? Correct. All right. Now, after that, um, were you aware that we went to the courthouse and filed a petition to hold you in contempt of court for not showing up? Yes, sir. Uh, have you seen a copy of that petition? Yes, sir. Are you aware that the court then entered an order commanding you to appear in court? Yes, to sir. To explain why you didn't show up? Yes, sir. All right, and now I'll mark as Plans Exhibit 7 a document that says Rule NISI in the middle of the page. Do you see that? Yes, sir. And the highlighted language there basically says you're supposed to show up in court before Judge Mullins on September 23, 2019, right? Yes, sir. Did you show up in front of Judge Mullins on September 23, 2019? No, sir. Okay. After that, uh, the court issued an order finding you in contempt. Were you aware of that? Yes, sir. Have you received a copy of that order? Yes, sir. All right. I'm showing to you now what I'll mark as Plaintiff's Exhibit 8. Do you see where it says contempt order in the middle of the page? Yes, sir. And then I've highlighted just a little bit of language there. Basically, this says that if you don't show up to your deposition today, you would be confined to the Muskogee County Jail. Yes, sir. Isn't that what it says? Yes, sir. Okay. And then we had a copy of this order served upon you. I think you already said that you remember seeing it. Yes, sir. All right. And then on Friday, I think it was probably delivered to you on Saturday, I sent you another letter. Do you remember getting that letter? I got that letter. Okay. 
is Plaintiff's Exhibit 9, a copy of that letter. Yes, sir. I got now, this letter. The highlighted language there says when and where you're supposed to appear, correct? Correct. And that's where you are today to get this deposition, right? Correct. Okay. We've spoken a little bit about Lakeisha Smith. Okay. Do you remember who I'm talking about? Yes. You remember Lakeisha? Yes, sir. Did you? Ask, she was a member of your congregation. I think we've already said that. Correct. Right? All right. Uh, did you ask her to strip down to her underwear so that you could rub oil all over her body? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, she came and uh, confronted you about that at one point, didn't she? Yes, sir. All right. Well, I've got a video clip here that I want to play for you. And okay. um, this is going to show Ms. Smith. Let me pull it up. It's going to show um, Ms. Smith talking about that experience. Okay. And I'll play it for you. And then I'll ask you just a couple questions about okay. it. Okay. After that, the same day, he called me. Um, he called me to encourage me, and he would also say to me that what God had given me that day was something powerful, and um, that I might not understand exactly what happened to me that day, and that he would need to groom me, and he would need to impart into me, and to train me on how to effectively operate in my gift. He would need to groom you, you said? Yes. All right. He's speaking about, about himself or about God? About himself. He would need to impart into me and to train me, in, in, into the, um, train me on the gift that God had given me that day. How long was that after he kissed you? This was, the kissing started in the beginning of December of 2015. Yeah. This incident, I mean, not incident, I'm sorry to call it incident, but this experience happened to me in the middle of December 2015. So the same, a couple weeks later? Yes. Okay, okay, that's all. And what happened uh, after the gift of tongues and after he said he had to train and groom? He requested to meet with me um, further to discuss what happened to me that day. I did meet with him, um, and that day he continued to tell me um, that God had given me something very powerful and that I was going to have to be close to him. It meant that I would have to be close to him so that he could train me and impart into me so that I could effectively use or walk in my gift. Um, you told me something about a body anointing. Yes. Um, tell us about that. On the same day that we had the meeting um, discussing what happened to me in the middle of December, um, he advised me that he would need to perform what he calls a body anointing on me. And he advised me that this is something that he usually does on, to people when they need healing. He explained to me and told me about three other women that he had done this to, Laquita being one of them. Um, he did name the other, who I was very familiar with this person in church. He did not name the third woman. Um, he said that he did this to them because of healing that they needed. But for me, it was something different. He told me that what happened to me that day, the day that I received the gift of tongue, he told me that he hadn't seen anything like that or anything that powerful happen in a very long time. So he needed to do this body anointing on me to seal what God had given me that day. What did a so-called body anointing turn out to be? 
It turned out to be um, something very humiliating. Um, he explained to me that he has um, you or the individual address down to your underwear. He told me that he prefers that you remove your bra, but that you could keep that on, um, you know, if you were comfortable with that. And he told me that the process takes about 15 minutes and he anoints your entire body from your head down to your toes. Did that go on with you? Yes, it did. Um, tell us in a little, a little more detail, if you would, if you're comfortable with it, um, how that went, what he put on your body and where on your body he put it. He put anointing oil, he used his anointing oil, and he also was praying during the entire ordeal. He uh, initially anointed my entire front side from my forehead down to my feet stopping at my breast to where he would put his hand up under my bra. Uh, when he completed the front side, he asked me to turn over. I did, and he anointed me with his oil from uh, the back of my neck all the way down to my feet, stopping at my buttocks, placing his hands under my underwear um, on my buttocks. After that, he asked me again to turn back around. I did onto my backside. And then um, he laid his entire body on top of me and he told me that that was to seal what God had given me that day and it was going to bring us closer. And that was the end of the body anointing. So did he say that, um, hold on a second, Chuck. Did he say that the Bible or scripture or religious practices justified that? He did. In our initial meeting about the body anointing, he did. He, in fact, pulled out the Bible and read a few scriptures to me to try to justify the situation. Um, and in a further attempt to try to make it seem okay and that this was right and that this is of God, I believe is the reason why he mentioned the body anointing that he had done on Laquita and the other two ladies as well. Do you remember what scriptures? Um, I don't. I lost them. I do remember that he had me read the book of Acts. And the other scripture, I, I cannot call it off the top of my head, but it had to do with the laying on of hands. Uh, you mentioned, and I, I'm not asking to give names, mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned that there were some other women that uh, Clemens said he had done a body anointing on. Do I remember that right? Yes, there are other women that he um, confided in me and told me that he had done this body anointing on. Have you ever known to do it on a man? I have not. Um, I was a little suspect about that as well as I went home to try to research this body anointing because I had never heard of it before. Um, you know, again, this is my leader, my spiritual leader, somebody that I'm supposed to trust and the trust is, you know, to teach me the word, you know, and help me better my walk with God. How did you feel? During the initial, the body anointing or the, During the meeting? and afterwards. I was very uncomfortable. He knew of it. I actually called him the morning of the body anointing before it happened to tell him that I was uncomfortable with it. I reminded him of a sexual assault um, situation with me before that he was um, aware of that I had told him about before. Um, I told him I was uncomfortable with it. I even requested that his wife be in the room and he uh, declined that. He told me that he does not involve her in her body anointings and that she could not be in the room. Do you know if, uh... For the record, that video clip and the others that I'll play later are on the plaintiff's exhibit number 10, which we'll just keep in that stack of exhibits. And that particular video clip has a file name, uh, it says A1 dash dash LS body anointing. Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Clemens, did you recognize Lakeisha Smith in that video clip? Yes, I did. 
Is what she said true? No. Did you perform a, quote, body anointing, end quote, on her? Yes, sir. Did you instruct her to dress, undress to her underwear and lay down in front of you? Yes, sir. Did you then cover her body with oil? Yes, sir. Did you tell her that you did not want your wife in the room while you did that? No, sir. Okay. Have you done that to other women? No, sir. You've never given a body anointing to anyone except Lakeisha ne Smith? Never have. Okay. Did you tell Lakeisha Smith that the body anointing was justified by the Bible and Scripture? No, sir. I only told Lakeisha about the laying on of hands, and, but I did not discuss the extent, the extent of, the, of the process. Well, did you tell her that Scripture authorized or justified the, quote, body anointing, end quote, or did you not tell her No, that? I did not tell her that. What I told Lakeisha was that an older preacher had told me that he had performed it in the, uh, years ago. He told me this when I was a you know, young preacher, and he said that there are certain people that when you know, God uses them in a special way, you have to anoint them as a covering, and that's what I told Lakeisha. As you sit here today, do you believe, and do you want to tell the jury in this case, that the Bible or scriptures authorize or justify body anointing? No, sir. Okay. Um, I think we've already mentioned that Ms. Smith came and confronted you about that uh, body anointing, right? Several months later, because after the body anointing was over, I asked Miss Laquita, I said, are you okay? She said, yeah, I'm okay. You mean Lakeisha? I mean Lakeisha, I'm sorry, Lakeisha. She said, yes, I'm okay. And I told her, I said, well, I didn't want you to, you know, be offended. She said, no, I'm okay. Then several months later, then she came and confronted me, uh, set up a meeting with me and my wife and her mother and sister, and that's when she confronted me about it. In that meeting, did you tell her that body anointings could cure cancer? No, sir. Okay. Well, let's play another um, clip from Plan Exhibit 10, and the title of this one, following this one, begins R1. So, while we listen to this, I want you to look at a separate exhibit, Mr. Clemens. That'll be Exhibit 11. Okay. And I believe that Exhibit 11 is a transcript of what we're about to hear. But I want you to read along as we listen to this recording. And what I'm going to ask you at the end is whether the transcript that's marked as Plain Exhibit 11 is an accurate um, rendition or transcript of the words that are said um, in this recording. And this recording, as I think you know, comes from that meeting with Ms. Smith and her mother. Yes. Here it is. Scripture that says, you know, 
lay hands and on the sick and they shall recover. And he explained to me, and I had some problems with it myself at first. And then the first time I ever done my anointing was, uh, but it wasn't a complete body anointing, it was an office hall. And a lady, she had uh, breast cancer. And uh, I had to uh, pray for her you know, in my office and I put my hand on the breast, not on the nipple area, but on the breast. And God uh, healed her, you know, from cancer. And so I said, okay, you know, maybe it's, you know, something good. And then um, there have been, you know, some here that, that have had the uh, pains, ailments, or whatever in certain areas. And I would anoint my hands and I would pray for them. And I admit, I would pray for them, you know, in private, you know, because I knew. And I don't know if I explained this to Keisha, but I knew that everybody could not, you know, handle it, you know. But the ones that I have prayed for have had results. Is the transcript marked as Plain Exhibit 11 accurate? Yes, sir. Okay. I wouldn't, uh, if I may say, uh, Mr. Butler, I was not aware, in according to this transcript, I did not say that I had did body anointing on these other women. I said that I had prayed for them and anointed them, but not, not, their body, not bodily. Why did you not want your wife in the room? That was never asked. All right, now, you, anyway, on the recording we just listened to, which is that file name beginning R1 on Plains Exhibit 10, that was your voice we heard, correct? Yes, sir. That was an accurate recording, right? Yes, sir. Who was that older minister that you mentioned? Uh, his name was uh, J.E. Boulware. He's deceased. He was from uh, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. Now, isn't it true that uh, Miss Lakeisha Smith had some questions for you about why you needed to rub the oil on her breasts and her buttocks? No, sir. She never asked that. She didn't ask that. No, sir. Okay. Um, do you recall telling Miss Miss Smith in response to questions along those lines that you had to do that to quote seal in end quote the Holy Spirit? I remember that. All right, well, let's listen to that recording then, and um, I, I want to ask you to do the same thing. I'll hand you a piece of paper that's marked as Plans Exhibit 12, and I'll ask you to read along mm -hmm. uh, as I play this recording. The recording itself is on that thumb drive that's Plans Exhibit 10 and begins with the file name R2. Okay. Um. And you know, you gave me a, you gave me an explanation, and I was just wondering, you know, you explained to me why you're not too great to the bottom of all that, and I was wondering if you could share that with mom, uh, because I can't remember what, I can't even remember what the explanation was. Well, like I said, I don't, like I said, I know I, know I had scripture reference, but I can't put a, pull up all right now, but I can't get them right. But that was the reason why, the reason I explained, because like I said, he was told to me from, well, kind of like my tutor, and uh, he had given me, you know, results of what had happened. And then when I did it in Arkansas, and like I said, there's a couple of other people that I did it for from here, you know, gotten healing and all that kind of stuff. So that was the reason why. And I went, you know, totally scripture basis. But before I do it, I always, you know, try to explain, you know, and if they say, you know, hey, you know, this is something I'm not comfortable with or whatever, then okay, you know, that. And uh, like I said, Keisha, you know, expressed herself to me and all this stuff, but you know, and like I said, I just, I really apologize for the, you know, deep concern and uncomfortableness, you know, with it. that was my purpose for doing it. 
Well, I guess with, and not necessarily with, well, I guess without the scripture right now, can you explain to her why you went on the grits and the butt? Okay. Well, the reason why I did because that's what I call a body anointing. I don't funnel it. I don't just, you know, squeeze it. I just rub oil on it, you know. I rubbed oil, you know, across her breast. I did not pay no attention to her nipples. I did not go, you know, in her front part, you know, nothing like that. You know, I just, you know, went behind. I went down the ledge, you know. I think I did the feet too. Yeah, you went, you, you did the feet, and then you had to turn over, and then you put them onto my uh, entire backside, my bottom of everything. So that's what I want to explain to her, because she gave me a full explanation of why yeah. the breast is anointed, why the butt is the bottom of everything. Well, like I said, that was, like I said, that was included, but what, what I, I feel as a body anointing. It's almost like a body x-ray. You know? I mean, that's the purpose is what I'm trying to say. The purpose of anointing. Uh, breast or the or whatever because you gave up the uh, significant of the bottom part and the breast part of it. That's what I'm trying well, to say. Well, like uh, I think, she said, that's how I can recommend. That's how I can recommend. I mean, to be honest, but the fact that she had just received, you know, the uh, uh, gift of the Holy Ghost, and I told her, I said, I want to anoint your whole body to see you, you know, that's what you have received, you know, and that was the purpose of, you know, anointing her whole body, you know. And of course, you know, the breast and the behind is, you know, included, you know, in the body. And that's why I went, I think, I know I did her head, and I, I think her shoulder, and I know I went on down to the feet, but that was perfect because it was, you know, all included in her body, anointed. Not to pay no particular uh, attention to any certain part, you know, just anointed, you know, whole body. That was, that was, that was perfect for it. And uh, like I said, I wish I could pull up the scripture for you, you know, and read it to you. Like I said, I just, I can't think right now if I, you know, had some time, I could, you know, reference it. Is the transcript marked as plain exhibit 12 accurate? Yes, sir. Was that your voice? Yes, sir. Is the recording correct? Yes, sir. Did you ask Ms. Smith to tweak your nipples? No, sir. Did you talk to Ms. Lakeisha Smith about your then recent circumcision? Yes, sir. Did you ask her to help you feel like a man again? No, sir. Well, let's listen to one more recording then um, from that same meeting. And this recording will be marked. Well, the recording itself is on Plan Exhibit 10, and it's going to be the file name that begins R3. And the transcript I'll ask you to look over is going to be marked as Plan Exhibit 13. I do feel like there are some other instances where there may have been some inappropriateness. Um, in particular, the same day of the body anointing, um, that there probably may have been some conversation that should not have taken place at that. And um, I'm saying this because I love, I do, I love y'all. I love Pastor Madonna. I know the relationship that was built between us. So, and I remember on that particular day, after the body anointed, the conversation that went forth uh, after that was, was unsettling uh, as well. And let me just say this, all this happened in January, and I know it's almost a year now, but when you have been in that situation a couple of times before, the birth of people, the time falls on 
the one. And you go through a lot of different phases. You go through, um, okay, now what's that right, okay, God, or that we should buy, I don't know if you've been denied, just go to a whole lot of different things, because I didn't talk to my family about any of this until August, August of and so, um, and, you know, I don't know if, if, if anything makes it come up like that's ever happened to you, I'm sure you can understand where I'm coming from, um, and so I do, for myself, and believe that there may have been some and the reason why I say that too is because after the whole body of and like I said, the conversation that went forth after that, um, you shared some personal information with me. And you asked something of me that I don't think should have been asked. Um, I'll say that. And Pastor Linda, I can be more specific with you if you want me to. Just let me know if you want me to. Because what I'm about to say is hard to hear. And I love you. And it's like a grandmother to my son. So you let me know what you want me to say. Say it. Conversation that went forth after that. Miss Preston mean that, you know, um, that you're glad, you know, that you can talk to certain people and feel comfortable around them, you know, just don't have to be a pastor all the time. But y'all understand that pastors go through a lot. You informed me that you had recently had a circumstance and that Camille and Pastor Glenda had been on you about that for a while. And then at your daughter's visit, was talking to him about complications or whatever, some concerns that you were having, um, being a man in your 60s and wanting to still feel like a man. And your doctor explained to you that, you know, sometimes when you get in a relationship for a long time, and I'm paraphrasing, I don't know the exact words, but that. You know, a lot of times the three of it you don't. Um, and that you want to still feel like a man. And that you wouldn't have asked Shonda. But instead you would ask me. Uh, well, no, you wanted to know. You wanted to know if it was professional of your doctor to then suggest to you getting, if, if getting a prostitute. And I told you, I said, well, Pastor, I think you know whether or not getting a prostitute to help you feel like a man is right or not. I think you know whether or not, you know, you need to do that or not. You expect me that you, expect me that you didn't want to have to go that route, but that you would have asked Shonda, but you wanted to know if I would help you out with that. Feeling like a man. Pastor, I'm not going to. No, I, I well, you just said, you said, Pastor Vanilla had never, had never really been that sexual, and that you wanted to know if I would help you out, because you felt like I was going to choose the ask rather than Shonda. I said, Pastor, I can't help you out with that, but if you want me to help you find some treatment options, I would. 
and you said, okay, well, if you can't find anything, then that I was going to have to help you out. What I said to you was, was what the doctor put on the sheet, put on the red sheet. Mm -hmm. That was the doctor said, in the event that I could not get aroused, he said, it was on the sheet. And I, I know for me, already, I, I think I showed you, and it said something to the effect that you could uh, tease the nipples. And said that would be the thing, but I did And that was what I referenced it to when I talked to you about getting me out. Doctor said, and I even asked you to do some research to see if it was medically. I can't remember exactly what I said, but I did that, and I think you did some research. But you called me. I told, told you that me. I would do some. I told yeah. you that I would do some research. You right. said that your brother had had right. mm -hmm. yeah, uh, a special yeah. patient and had the shock therapy stuff that caused pain. And I said, right. well, I don't know anything about that, but I'll look it up. Exactly. And but even still, do you think yes. it's right that I be the one to no, stimulate your nipples? No, so I don't. Do you think it was no. right for you to ask me? No, I don't think it was right. I don't think okay. it was right. But the only reason why I did, and I'm not trying to justify it, I'm just saying my reason was because, like you said earlier, the dogs died. Trusted you. That was inappropriate. I apologize for that. That was inappropriate. And I know that was inappropriate. Is the transcript marked Plans Exhibit 13 accurate? Not all of it. All right. What is inaccurate? I mentioned to her what the sheet said about my nip, but I did not per se ask her to do it. No, no, no. Is the transcript that's marked as plain exhibit 13 an accurate transcript of the words that were spoken in the recording that we just listened to? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Was that your voice in the recording? Yes, sir. Is the recording accurate? No, sir. Not everything. Well, what I mean is this. Did the recording accurately capture the words that were spoken yes, in there. Yes, 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 sir. All right. My next question, I think I know your answer is going to be, is what Lakeisha said true? Partly. All go right. Go, I'm sorry. That's all right. Tell me what you think is not true. I mentioned to her what the, what the sheet said about the nipple, and I did not ask her to tweak my nipples. I told her what the sheet said, and that was also mentioned in the recording. And I did not, and after she uh, said she didn't feel comfortable by me uh, mentioning it to her, then I apologized. But I did not, per se, ask her, would you tweak my nipples? Look at the first page of Plan Exhibit 13. Okay. At the second to last line of that first big paragraph. Do you see where... Ms. Smith said to you, I love you just like a grandfather? Mm, hold on just a minute, Mr. You said the last paragraph I'm on the first right page? Here. I'll show you on my page. It's the second to last line in the first paragraph on the first page. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. See, see where it. it says, I love you just like a grandfather? Yes, sir. Do you think this is the kind of conversation a grandfather would have with his grandchild? No, sir. Did your doctor really tell you to go see a prostitute? No, sir. Okay. Now, you mentioned someone named Shonda, and mm -hmm. that's there on the top of page two right. of Plain Exhibit 13. Who is Shonda? Shonda is, uh, she was our youth director at the time. Did you have a sexual relationship with Shonda? No, sir.
want to show you another video clip of something that Miss um, Smith said. And this will be, again, as all these clips from Plant Exhibit 10, and it'll be the clip labeled A2. And then I'll ask you just a couple questions about it. Okay. What makes you want to come forward? I don't want to see any other woman or child or minor manipulated and sexually abused and tainted by Pastor Lewis Clemens. I believe that he should not be up pastoring over anyone at this point. He has a long history of doing like this, doing things like this, and manipulating vulnerable women. And I honestly want to see him stopped and not being able to pastor it anymore. Oh, um, any other questions from Ms. Smith? Yes. Um, yeah. You had uh, you mentioned that he had a, a long history um, of doing this uh, to vulnerable women. Mm -hmm. um, was it their situation that he was kind of drawn to uh, as far as, um, you know, you mentioned your disabled son, your mother is a two-time kid. Do you think that made you more vulnerable or he saw something in that? What I mean by vulnerable women is that, um, well, as we can see, his sexual abuse goes back to Laquita when she was 14 or 15 years old. There have been other women that have come forth and confided in um, myself and Laquita, and um, I won't name their names here. But without, without all of us being in the same room, and I don't know some of them personally, each of us have similar stories and in similar backgrounds. Either we've been sexually abused before, physically abused. For me, I grew up without a father in the home. He knew that. Um, one of the things that he would tell his congregation is that whenever somebody joined his church, that he would um, want to know their background, wanted to know their, their, their business, so that he would know how to pastor them. And for me, he would say to me that he would be, have to be more of a father figure to me, knowing that I grew up without a father in the home. And he was also privy to, um, like I said, the sexual assault that I had before with, um, in my early 20s with a, a, a doctor of mine. And so with the other women that have confided in us, they too have either been sexually abused before, physically abused before, not grown up with a father in the home, or just had a life in the streets. Is it true, Mr. Clemens, that you told Miss Lakeisha Smith that you were going to be a father figure to her? Yes. Did you hear in this video clip where she said she wanted to see you stopped? Yes. Why do you think she wants that? Because I feel like there was a uh, corroboration with her and uh, Lakita, because Lakita's, uh, Laquita, I'm sorry, stated the same thing. And that's why I believe she said that. Because there is no history. I am 67 years old, and I've been pastor there since I was 27. I have never had to face anything like this before. Why do you think they both want to see you stop? Well, I, like I said, I feel like it was a corroboration. Now, I did perform the body anointing on uh, Lakeisha, but I never performed a body anointing on Laquita. Never did. And Laquita did, as it said, she stated in the video, did come to our ministry when she was 14 or 15. And uh, she was very active in the ministry and all that. But I have never in my life ever sexually assaulted a child. Did you continue 
to work as a pastor even after this case was filed? Yes, sir. Up until uh, March of this year. Okay. Um, I want to talk to you now about another woman who is in your congregation. Okay. And I'm going to show you a statement that she sent to me. Now, Lakeisha Smith and Laquita Jackson have taken the very unusual step of making their names public okay. in connection with what they've talked about. I mean, you knew that they were involved and we're talking about what had occurred, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. Well, this is going to be, Plans Exhibit 14 is going to be the statement from someone who is taking the more common, are the words in Plans Exhibit 14 true? No, sir. I don't have any idea. So, someone just making that up? Yes, sir. Do you recall offering to pay someone under the table to be your personal assistant? I have no, not, not in that, that, that way. I have had personal assistance, and I have, because of the finance of the church, I have paid them out of my pocket. But it was not on a, no regular base. It just sometime if it came down to it and the funds were not available, I would pay them out of my pocket, but it wasn't considered as under the table. Do you recall ever asking a young woman in your congregation what position she would like to try? No, sir, never have. Do you recall suggesting to a young woman at your church that if she did what you told her, she would have a guaranteed spot in heaven? No, sir. Do you recall ejaculating <clears throat> on the chest of a woman in the office never, in the church? Never, Did you have sexual contact with someone in your congregation at the shepherd's ball? No, sir. I mean, I was the guest of honor. I couldn't, gosh. Were you MIA for 45 minutes? No, sir. The next exhibit I'm going to mark and show it to you will be marked as plan as exhibit number 15. This was sent to me by uh, another woman who, like Veronica Bell, did not want to give her real name, so I have obscured or like marked out this person's name in the document I will hand to you, and I've substituted in a name I've made up, which is Mary Jones. Do you see Plans Exhibit 15? Yes, sir. And then at near the top, above a black line, that has my name and then a from field that's covered over. Do you see that? Right, yes. It looked like a form of an email? Mm, yes, sir. All right. Now, we need to read this into the record. Would you prefer that I read it or would you I prefer? I prefer you read it because my eyes is running together. All right. This one says, quote, my name is Mary Jones. I served as the blank at Kingdom Awareness Ministries International for 12 of the 15 years that I was a member of the congregation under the pastoral leadership of Lewis Clemens. Although I'm requesting to remain anonymous, I do believe that my speaking out is long overdue. I joined the ministry in March 2003. At that time, the ministry was called Faith Unlimited. I really enjoyed the worship there. Around 2005 is when things began to change. Pastor Clemens started saying sexual inappropriate things to me. 
He also made monetary offers as well. Pastor Clemens asked me to consider stimulating him sexually. He asked me to do things that weren't sexual intercourse, but were of a sexual nature. I got engaged to my current husband, who was an elder in the church, and worked very close with Pastor Clemens in 2011, and I thought the advances would stop. Sadly, the advances got worse. Pastor Clemens smacked me on my behind, and in one instance, he kissed me on my mouth in front of my husband. My husband immediately confronted Clemens about how disrespectful his behavior was. Before we left the church, Clemens seemed to have started focusing on my daughter, who was 17 years old. He asked questions about her sexual experience and if she was a lesson or not. He said he felt led by God to get closer to her. He said she needed a mature man to father her. I refused. Not only is Louis Clemens a sexual predator, but he is also very emotionally and verbally abusive to those he leads. Clemens is also extremely greedy for money. Some may wonder why myself and others are just now speaking out. Sadly, I was molested as a child and was raped as a teenager. I was blamed for what happened to me. I was afraid to tell what Clemens had done because I didn't want to relive the pain I endured before. I didn't want to lose the dear friends I had made at the church. I never knew that there were others who were being violated, harassed, and assaulted. I have a great concern for those who are still there. I fought, want anyone else to get hurt. Probably supposed to be, I don't want anyone else to get hurt. Anyway, it continues. It used to be such a great church, but something went wrong and it has become a cult. Once a person leaves, they are totally disassociated. Everyone is asked and sometimes ordered to sever all ties with those who leave. It is so unfortunate that it's all come down to this. I pray for the victims and I pray for Clemens as well. Once again, please allow my identity and my former position in that church to remain unspoken for the safety and the privacy of my family. I agree with my husband that I would remain anonymous if I spoke out. Thank you. Did I correctly read Plaintiff's Exhibit 15? Yes, you did. Are the words in Plaintiff's Exhibit 15 true? No, sir. Someone just making it up? Yes, sir. Do you recall making monetary offers to someone to whom you'd been saying sexually inappropriate things? No, sir. Do you remember... Someone getting married to one of your church elders in 2011? I've done several weddings. I can't remember the dates. I've done several. Do you remember one to one of your church elders in the neighborhood of 2011? Yes, I did. I did. I did do a, a wedding in 2011. Does that tell you who the author of, without, I don't want you to speak her name, but does that <coughs> tell you? who the author of the email that's now marked as Plaintiff's Exhibit 15 is. As it relates to a marriage, I did, yes. Do you remember asking that person if her 17-year-old daughter had sexual experience? No, sir. Now, you have preached about adultery and cheating, haven't you? Yes. Uh, do you recall telling your congregation, quote, nobody that loves, on, loves you will cheat on you, end quote? Yes, sir. That's, that's my teaching. 
right. I'll show you a clip that I believe comes from your church, then I'll ask you if, it, if I'm right about that. Can I tell y'all something? I don't care how moral you get, nobody that loves you will cheat on I don't care, I don't care how much pressure is applied, if they love you, it, it cut the subject change right after that clip, which is okay. why I ended it there. But okay. is that you? Yes, sir. In the video, that's that video is for the record on um, Plant Exhibit Ten, and it's the clip with the file name beginning C is in Charlie One. Okay. Um, that video clip—that's you preaching in your church, right? Yes, sir. Were you married when you gave that sermon? Yes, sir. Was your wife in attendance? Yes, sir. I'm, I'm sure she was. She used that every service. Would Lakeisha Smith have been in attendance? I'm not sure because sometimes she didn't come to the, you know, the uh, weekly services. She was there most Sundays, but sometimes her job would prohibit and her son would prohibit her from being there weekly services. What about Laquita Jackson? Do you know if she was there? She probably was because she was, she was faithful. What about the, um, the wife of the elder who you married in 2011? I'm sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure she was there. Now, in that same sermon about cheating, you used an example of a woman going through a man's cell phone. Do you remember that? No, I can't recall. I can't recall every sermon. But, okay. But well, I mean, I like That's all right. Yeah. We'll watch a clip, and then okay. I'll ask you about it. Women are more forgiving than men. It's hard for us to forgive infidelity. Although we may be guilty of it because we are competitive preachers and we feel like once somebody has crossed that which is precious to us, we never really trust again. We go along, but we remain suspicious the rest of the relationship. A woman, she will say, okay, I forgive you. Now, she don't, she don't turn in her detective license. <laughs> Don't think she's going to say, I'm retired from detectivism. No, 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 no. She still, she still is. But you and brothers, you'll never know. You go out there, oh, yeah, man, she won't be getting back together doing good. You don't know when you went to sleep, she did this. is the file name beginning C is in Charlie 2. Um, Mr. Clemens, was that you in the video clip? Yes, sir. Preaching in your church? Yes, sir. Now, you referred, um, I think, twice in that video clip to someone 
that you called Quita. Do you remember that? Yes, that's Laquita, Laquita Jackson. All right. She was Adams at the time. She was what at the time? I think she was Adams at the time. Because I missed the word. Adams, Adams. That oh, was her maiden name. Her name was Adams yeah. at the time. Right. Mm -hmm. She was a, a member of your congregation, right? Yes. And you got her involved in the church, serving as an assistant to you, I think. Is yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Administrator, administrator. Okay. Yes. She sometimes did readings in front of the congregation, right? Yes. I'm handing you now what I've marked as playing as at 16. Is that a, a picture uh, taken in your church? Yes, that's in the church. Mm -hmm. And that'd be uh, Miss Laquita Adams or Jackson on the right side doing a reading, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's you at the pulpit pointing to her, right? Yes. Okay. I want to show you next another clip from Plaintiff's Exhibit 10. And this one will be the one... Um, well, strike that. I'll get, I've got ahead of myself. Um, isn't it true, Mr. Clemens, that you were doing more with Laquita than just having her do readings? Well, yes, we had a, we had a kind of off mm, off church, I guess, relationship. Yes. Why don't you tell us about that off church relationship? Okay, uh, Laquita was. Uh, like I said, when she first came to our church, I noticed a very distinct difference in her attention to what was going on. And when she was 15 or 16, I asked her to assume um, secretary duties at the church because she was quite, you know, astute and quite focused. And she did. And uh, there were times when uh, she would call me and uh, like if she missed her school bus or sometime, and I would give her a ride home. And if I had to go to a convention or something, she would accompany, you know, me and my wife, you know, and things like that. And uh, I encouraged her a lot to continue in her schooling. And uh, so I would say along those lines, I did more, she did more than just, you know, she was more than just, you know, a reader and a secretary because there was a personal interest to try to motivate her and inspire her to be the best that she could be. Okay, so in your off-church relationship, you, you just described giving her a ride if she missed the bus. Right. Making her, I think, giving her a secretarial role at the church. Yes. Going with you and your wife to conventions. Yes. You didn't mention anything sexual in nature. No, 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 that, that was nothing sexual in nature. Okay, well, let's see if we can agree on some things. Okay. Uh, you met... Laquita when she was 15. I believe it was. I believe it was. She came to your church um, with a troubled background. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the things that happened to Laquita not long after she got to the church was that the man who was then the music director, DeAndre Biggers, yes. started pursuing a sexual relationship with her. According to her, it was mutual. Okay. Because she came to me. You know. She was how old at this time? Uh, she was 15 or 16 because she had been at the ministry for a while during that time. All right. Well, uh, if she says she was 15 at that time, would mm -hmm. you have any reason to disagree with that? Uh, no, because I'm not, you know, sure exactly the age, so I can't say that she wasn't. All right. At any rate, uh, DeAndre Biggers, the music director, started pursuing a sexual relationship with 
Miss Miss uh, Laquita, right? Not according to her. She told me it was mutual. A sexual relationship occurred between this very young girl in your church and your music director. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, and you said you'd put a stop to it, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. You called the police about that. No, I went to the uh, to the prosecutor's office. You went to the prosecutor. Yeah, office. I didn't call the police. Okay. Mm -hmm. You're aware that Laquita Jackson is my client, right? Yes. Um, and have you reviewed the complaint, that is, the legal document that opened this case yes, sir. that she filed against you? Yes, sir. Are you aware that it says you began pursuing a sexual relationship with Laquita when she was 15 years old? Yes, sir. Are you aware that the complaint says that you told Laquita, then 15 years old, that she should submit to you? Not in a sexual way. I teach all members to submit to leadership, but not for sexual reasons. Are you aware that the complaint says that you told Laquita that the Bible authorized your sexual pursuit? No, her? sir. No, sir. You did not know the complaint said that? No, I know the complaint said that, but I didn't say it. Uh, yeah, I know, that. I know what the complaint, yes. Okay. I'm sorry. Are you aware that the complaint says that you began having sexual intercourse with Laquita Jackson when she was only 15 years old? I'm aware that the complaint said that. Are you aware that the complaint says that you got Miss Laquita pregnant? I'm aware that the complaint said that. Okay. Do you deny those things? I deny those things. I will show you a clip now of Laquita talking. Okay. And uh, this is going to be from Plaintiff's Exhibit 10, and it's the clip uh, labeled with a file name beginning, B is in Bravo 1. Okay. How old were you at this time? I was 15 years old. Um, did things progress to, um, to the act of penetration? Yes, it did. Was um, that while you were 15? Yes, I was still 15 years old. Um, well, did anything ever come of the penetration? Yes. Tell us about it, if you will. I was 16 years old, and um, he would he would ask me about um, you know if I was on like birth control pills or anything like that. I told him that I wasn't. He um, during one of our the moments when we were um, engaged in sexual intercourse, he did impregnate me. And he told me that whenever someone has a, a baby by an older man, that the baby comes out with birth defects, that they um, can be, um, have deformities, and said that sometimes the babies even come out looking just like the father in an attempt to tell me ultimately that he knew that I could not keep the baby. And um, that was 2003. I was 16 years old. What happened then? He um, checked me out of school after I had done some research on what to do. And he said that there, um, well, he told me about a facility that we could go to. He checked me out of school that day, drove me um, to the facility. Um, under the guise that he was my father 
and signed for me to have an abortion and he paid for it. Where was that facility? Do you recognize Laquita in that video clip? Yes, sir. Is what she said true? No, sir. She just making it up? Yes, sir. Did you perform a body anointing on Laquita Jackson? No, sir. All right, I'll play another clip from the same Plaintiff's Exhibit 10. This one has a file name beginning B is in Bravo 2. Did you ever experience something that Clemens called a body anointing? Yes, I did. What was that? Um, he called me to his house. It was after um, the second abortion. He called me to his house and said that the Lord told him to pray for me. He um, took me into, told me to go into the, the guest bedroom of their home and said that I needed to remove my pants and pull down my underwear. And he said that, um, well, he, he got this, a bottle of oil, rubbed it on his hands and began to um, rub it on my genitals and was praying and just saying that the Lord, he felt really guilty about um, what I had done, you know, I had to have the abortions and that he wanted to um, he had make sure that I was healed from them to be sure that I could have children after that. Do you recognize Laquita in that clip that we just played? Yes. Mm -hmm. Is what she said true? No. She's just making it up? Some of it. Now, I did pray for her because this is what Laquita told me. Laquita told me she had gone to the doctor and that she, the doctor had noticed some scar tissue that she was dealing with. And I prayed for her that she would, her, that, that her children would you know, be healthy and that wouldn't be an effect on her. But now as far as uh, all the other, it's not true. Have you heard of Georgia's Hidden Predator Act? Mm, I don't believe I have. Are you aware that that's the law under which this case has been filed and brought against you? No, sir. Did you know that Laquita went up to Atlanta and joined me on the floor of the Georgia State Capitol to speak publicly? No, sir. About sexual abuse in the law? No, sir. I'm not aware of that. Okay. I'll play you now a clip from Plaintiff's Exhibit 10. This has a file name beginning B is in Bravo 4. And I'll represent to you... I'll represent to you before we start that this video comes from Laquita Jackson speaking on the floor of the capital of this state. Okay. Thank you. Good morning. <clears throat> My name is Laquita Jackson and I'm from Columbus, Georgia. In 2002, at the age of 15, I was molested by my former pastor. And the sexual abuse continued until 2009. And for years, I never told anyone about what he had done to me. It wasn't until June of this year that I broke my silence after learning that I was not his only victim, but that he had been sexually abusing and exploiting multiple other women and young girls for well over a decade. The realization that he was truly a sexual predator who needed to be stopped spurred me to take action. Unfortunately, by this time, the criminal statute of limitations had expired against, regarding the sex crimes committed against me. And that's when I learned about the Hidden Predator Act. 
I had never heard of it before and did not know that that was an option that I could take. But thankfully, through the hard work of Representative Spencer, his counterparts, and many others, the revival window created by the act gave me an opportunity to file a civil lawsuit against my abuser and the religious organizations that enabled him. I was fortunate enough to find a great attorney who was willing to take my case and meet that July 1st deadline. By the time I learned of the Hidden Predator Act, I only had three weeks to act. I can only imagine how devastating it would have been if I had learned about that act after the deadline had expired. By filing my complaint and speaking out, I was able to bring media attention to my story, exposing my abuser to society, and generating additional awareness of clergy sexual abuse and childhood sexual abuse. Even though the survivors present or absent today found the strength needed to disclose our childhood sexual abuse and act within that 2015-2017 window, there are countless other adult survivors in Georgia who were not ready or able to do so. I was only able to take that step thanks to the support and prayers of my wonderful husband, family, and friends who gave me the strength to keep going. I hope that by witnessing our willingness to boldly and publicly fight for our justice, other survivors will be empowered to break their silence as well and seek their justice by utilizing the additional time that's proposed under the Strengthened Hidden Predator Act of 2018. I definitely want to thank Representative Jason Spencer and the other sponsors of the bill for putting this forward. Sometimes it takes a lot of time for a victim to find the courage to be able to speak out. But it's very comforting to know that there are legislators, advocates, supporters, and other survivors in Georgia who understand that challenge and are willing to take a stand with you in the pursuit of justice. Thank you. Did you recognize Laquita Jackson in that video clip we just watched? Yes, sir. Is what she said about you true? No, sir. You think she just went to the Capitol and made it up? Evidently, sir. Because none of that happened. I'm sure you one other thing that Ms. Clemens had to say about your conduct. And that's when she did share with me that there were other women out there who once she shared her story, they started to share what happened to them um, over the course, this in the course of a couple of days. I talked to some of the women. Some of the women, they shared with me about their um, um, abuse at his hands. A couple of them even told me that it was when they were underage and it was occurring at the same time that he was abusing me at Faith Unlimited Ministries. And I realized my eyes were completely open that from what, what he was telling me all that time that, you know, a 40-year-old man would actually fall in love with a 15-year-old girl 
and that he, you know, would have married me if I was older. Those things that he was telling me, it was really just the actions of a predator grooming me, making me not want to say anything. And that is only what opened my eyes when I saw that he had engaged in the same behavior with other teenage girls, women who were vulnerable. It, it opened my eyes to realize that this was a predator. It was a child molester. He was um, a sexual predator who needed to be stopped. Do you recognize uh, Ms. Jackson in that clip we just watched, which yes, for sir. the record comes from Plain Exhibit 10 and has a file name beginning with B is in Bravo 3? Yes, sir. Did you tell Ms. Jackson that you loved her? Yes, I mean, that's a, that's a common thing I say to all of my members, men and women. Did you tell Ms. Jackson that you would marry her? No, sir. We've talked, um, well, strike that and let's take a break because the videographer needs to change the tape and then we'll resume. Going off the video record at 1126. Now back on the video record at 1131, this is the start of video file number two. Mr. Clemens, we've talked so far about Laquita Jackson, Lakeisha Smith, Veronica Bell, and Mary Jones. Do you remember talking about those four? Yes, sir. Well, may I make a statement, Mr. Butler? I suppose. Okay. Uh, in hearing everything that have happened here today and viewing the video clips and reading the letters, this seemed to be a, a uh, very common pattern. When a person get this ground, that they go and solicit others to make the same. Ms. Jackson called every female member in my church as reported to me and trying to get them to come and make claims against me. And it just seemed like a common pattern. Even the sexual abuse case that I have watched, even on TV, that I've followed either online, it's a common pattern. So I just wanted to make this statement. Uh, I had objection, non-responsive, speculation, hearsay. Um, so is it your testimony then, Mr. Clemens, that this is all just something Laquita Jackson cooked up? Yes, sir. That's my testimony. All right. When do you think she decided that she would like to use her own name? It's when... And spend... Uh, okay and spend years of her life dealing with this problem if it was something that was just made up? The only thing I can come up with is once uh, Lakeisha Smith talked with her, then that's when it all, you know, surfaced. So who do you think made it all up, Lakeisha Smith or Laquita Jackson? No, some of the things Lakeisha Smith said was accurate. Like I told you, I admitted to their body anointing and all of that. But Miss Jackson has, uh, I mean, high-polluted imagination. It's her imagination, you said? Yes. All right, well, the question I asked was whether you remember talking about uh, Laquita Jackson, Lakeisha Smith, Veronica Bell, and Mary Jones. Do you yeah. remember those four? Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, those are not the only women who complained about your sexual acts while a pastor, were they? No, not according to uh, what I've heard today. 
This is my first time hearing of the other two, uh, the Mary uh, Jane and the, and the Veronica Bell. This is my first time hearing that. No, no, no. Isn't it true that there are others who complained about your sexual conduct that we haven't even talked about today? I'm not aware of it. All right, well, let me show you then what I've marked as Plaintiff's Exhibit 17. Okay. I'll represent to you that Plaintiff's Exhibit 17 is a page from something we call interrogatories. Okay. And interrogatories means that Ms. Jackson, through her lawyer, which is me, mm -hmm. is allowed to ask for written questions of you, mm -hmm. which then get answered. Okay. Uh, this time it was answered uh, by you through your lawyer. And I want to draw your attention to interrogatory number 13. You see the number 13 in the middle of the page? Mm, just a second, please. I can't make out any numbers on the page. I see. It's right in the middle of the page. Right here. You see number 13? Okay, I see number 12. Now let me follow that. It's just right there in the middle of the page. You see the yes, the yes, page. yes, I see it now. I was looking for it on the side. I see it now. Okay. The question there, right underneath, says, identify all persons who complained or protested about your sexual conduct or alleged sexual conduct. Do you see that? Yes. Mm -hmm. And then there's a, in bold under that, there's a mm -hmm. response that makes some objections, that mm -hmm. paragraph. And then you can see what I wanted to turn to is highlighted at the bottom. There it gives the names Laquita Jackson, Lakeisha Smith, Lisa Reedy, and a person whose name he does not recall at this time. Did mm -hmm. I read that correctly? Yes. Mm -hmm. Now we talked about Laquita Jackson, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. We talked about Lakeisha Smith. Mm -hmm. Who is Lisa Reedy? Lisa Reedy was at that time one of the secretaries of the church. And uh, what happened in that situation, there was a minister that was at my church. And uh, he got with her, and um, the other lady's name was Hope. I don't remember the last name. But her and uh, Lisa Rita was close friends. And he got with them, and, and they and, uh, came up with this con uh, concocted story that I had uh, kissed uh, Lisa Rita. And then that's when they, uh, he took the complaint to the organization, and they brought me before the council and they dismissed it because Lisa Reader and Hope showed up for the, uh, for the inquiry. So, Lisa Reedy and Hope something. I, I can't remember my last name, and I'm sorry. Made a complaint to the Church of God in Christ Council. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And well, you had to go answer for that. Yes, I had to go answer. And they canceled it because Lisa Reedy and Hope didn't show up. Didn't show up, yes. Okay. Is it your testimony that Lisa Reedy and Hope just made that story up? No, no, I did, I did, uh, did uh, smack uh, uh, Lisa Reedy, but I didn't have anything to do with Hope. Not in a sexual, sexual manner. And I will show you what I've marked as Plaintiff's Exhibit 18. Okay. 
do you recognize that as a copy of the Facebook page of Kingdom Awareness Ministries International? Yes, sir. And that's the church where you're the pastor for Laquita Jackson, Lakeisha Smith, and others, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. We can see there's that picture uh, in the top left there. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's you. And behind you with her hands on your shoulders is uh, Belinda Clemens, right? Yes, my wife. Yes. That's your wife. And she was also a pastor at the church, I think. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then in the center top in cursive, it says Apostle Lewis and Belinda Clemens, right? Wait a minute. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm looking forward. Yes, sir. Uh, you, you refer to yourself as Apostle? Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, uh, I'd like you to look down at some of the language that's highlighted there in the center of the first page. It says, Behold, I will do a new thing in you, right? Mm -hmm. And then it says, Those are the words by which Apostle Lewis Charles Clemens lives, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Did you write that part? Yes, yes, that, that, that's my, um, that my saying. Okay, and then did you write the part that talks about your father and mother bringing forth, quote, a mighty vessel for the army of yes, God? Yes, yes, that's my bow. Next, I want to ask you a couple of questions okay. about what I'll mark as Plaintiff's Exhibit number 19. Okay. Do you recognize Plaintiff's Exhibit 19 as a brochure for Winton Road Ministries? Yes, yes, I, yes. Mm -hmm. Winton Road Ministries was, was one of your churches, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, on the left, left side of the first page of Plaintiff's Exhibit 19, we see the partnership levels here, going from pearl, emerald, jasper, gold, and diamond, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. What's the difference in those levels at your church? Okay, the difference in those levels, we were doing a fundraiser, and uh, the uh, pearl level was the lowest contribution. Then the next house was the emerald. The next house was the uh, jasper. And the next house was the gold. And the diamond was the highest level. So the difference in those levels is the amount of money the person gives, Yes, right? yes. And then if you gave more money, you would get more church benefits. No, sir. All right, well, we'll turn to the second page. Oh, Plaintiff's Exhibit 19. And there's a chart on the right side, isn't there? Mm, yes, sir. And then at the top of that chart, we see P, E, J, G, and D, which corresponds to pearl, emerald, jade, right. gold, and diamond, right? Yes, sir. And this kind of tells us what happens at each partnership level, right? Yes. For instance, if, you're a, if you pay enough to be gold or diamond, you get... Preferred seating at Winton Road Ministries events, correct? No, sir. No, sir. We never have had preferred seating. Well, there's. you see where it says preferred seating in that chart? 
It's the fifth item down in the chart that we were just looking at. I'm not aware that, that I initiated this preferred seating. I'm not aware of that. Well, the words on the page are preferred seating at Winton Road Ministries events, right? Yes, I see that. And then there's check marks in the columns under G for gold and D for diamond, right? Right. And there's no check marks under P, E, or J, are there? Right. And then the, the last bottom item in that chart is a personal prayer by mail. Right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. according to this chart, the only way, the only people who got that were those who paid enough to be at the diamond level, right? Yes, according to this chart, yes, sir. Is it true that you ask people to spiritually and financially support your vision? Yes, sir. Is it fair to say, Mr. Clemens, that you were pretty aggressive about pursuing donations from your congregation. I wouldn't say that's fair to say. I mean, I would uh, implement the giving. You know, I would always implement the giving. I would encourage them to give, but I was not aggressive about giving. I don't think I would. Well, didn't you suggest that members of your congregation should give money to your church instead of paying their own rent? No, sir, never have. Okay. Let's look at one of these video clips. This will be, again, for the record, from Plaintiff's Exhibit number 10. Um, and this will be the clip with a file name beginning S as in Sierra number 3. Does that video clip show you preaching in your church? Yes, sir. Now, you continued to preach even after this case was filed, right? Yes. Um, and in fact, you've continued to preach 
up until at least very recently, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. You were recently, um, in fact, you, you preached in Arkansas at a place called Covenant Faith Praise and Worship Center, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. well, mark that as an exhibit. I'm showing you now what I've marked as exhibit number 20. I'm sorry, I, I couldn't, I couldn't see it. But anyway, I got it now. You got it? Yes, Excuse sir. me, I may have handed it to you wrong. No, no, it's just my vision. It's my vision. Okay, well, I won't ask you too much about it, but that's your picture in the bottom right of Plains Exhibit 20, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And it says Apostle Lewis Clemens underneath, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And then Greater Glory Tabernacle Columbus GA are the words on the page, right? right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's just a couple more video clips I want to play for you, and these come again from Plains Exhibit 10. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to play now the one with a file name that begins A is an Alpha 3. You mentioned that Pastor Clemens should not be pastoring or leading people from a spiritual capacity. Um, in your eyes, what what needs what does he need to face now? I think he needs to be held accountable for his actions. Um, there are lives, there are souls at stake. You have people who want to come to know Jesus, and they are trusting him to help them help them get there. And he's tainting that. He's tainting their, their walk with the Lord. And once he's corrupted them in their minds, and they come to realize that they may not ever want to come to know the Lord again. Do you recognize Lakeisha Smith in that video clip? Yes, sir. Do you agree that it is a pastor's job to help people come to know the Lord? Yes, sir. Do you agree that there are souls at stake in that process? Yes, sir. I think this is going to be the last clip that I play for you. It's going to be from Planet Exhibit 10 and the clip labeled B as in Bravo 5. Okay. I totally understand your question because um, a lot of the things you're, you'll hear is, you know, you can't condemn a person. You're judging him. There was all this condemnation. Um, only God is able to... Um, to you know, put us in a heaven or a hell, that's not what I'm trying to do. That is between him and God. He has to answer for the things he has done. If he does not choose to learn from this situation and see what God wants him to do to fix it, to rectify it so that he can, you know, face a, maybe a positive future on the other side, that's up to him. And, and I can't say on that. My only hope is that um, he does recognize the error of his ways and does do something about it before it is too late. Did you recognize Laquita Jackson? Yes, sir. Did you hear what she said about the error of your ways? Yes, sir. Do you admit that you did wrong yes, sexually sir. to Laquita Jackson? No, sir. I did not do anything wrong to Laquita Jackson sexually. I admit Laquita, I mean, uh, Lakeisha Smith, but Laquita and I were just, just very close as pastor and member. Do you admit that you did wrong sexually to the woman we've identified today as Veronica Bell? No, I have no idea who that is, no. Do you admit that you've done wrong sexually to the woman we identified today as Mary Jones, whose identity you were able to figure out? No, sir. Will you agree here, 
now and under oath never to serve as a pastor again. No, I don't agree to that. 